Welcome to Ragbag. My name's Frank Burton. Here's another little retrospective episode for you. This is Unrecorded History, The Director's Cut. It's a couple of monologues on a related theme bashed together to form one big long ramble. I was very pleased with this actually. You will enjoy it too. Check this out. You know when you pass someone in the street and you don't know them or recognise them but something happens between you as you pass. Maybe a nod or a smile. Maybe you'll even say hello and then you'll move on. And sometimes it feels really nice, doesn't it? You just shared a moment with a stranger. But even 10 seconds later, you can barely remember what that person looked like. The person you just saw. Already their face is fading from your mind. By the time you'll get home, you'll have forgotten about the whole encounter. Maybe if you live in the kind of town where people smile at each other in the street and that's not weird. That's just what people do in your town. If that's the case, maybe you had that kind of fleeting moment with four or five different people just on that one outing. There's no way you're going to remember any of those people. They're going to forget you as well. Sorry to say it, but you're probably not that memorable. If you're listening to this, you're probably a human being. I don't want to presume. Maybe you're listening to this 5,000 years in the future and you're a dolphin with a universal translator. But I assume you're a human being. And my point is... There are a lot of human beings. The only way you could be memorable to a passerby is if you look radically different to everyone else. Some people do, maybe that's you. But even if it is you, you can't look that radically different. Whatever your distinguishing features happen to be, you haven't got three heads or antennae or something, they will forget you probably in the same 10 seconds it took you to forget them. The thought that's occurred to me is this. That moment still happened. It's part of your history. That's a strange thing to say, I suppose, because, I don't know, maybe we have this habit of thinking of history as something that's recorded, whether that's written or video evidence or audio, eh, Mr. Dolphin? How are things doing in 7020? Is TikTok still big? Or the big one, I suppose, is the evidence of your own thoughts, your own memories. You obviously don't have time to write everything down. You probably have a Facebook friend who tries their best to document everything as often as they can for some reason. I wonder what that kid from my history class 15 years ago had for breakfast this morning. But even those people can't possibly document every single thing that happens to them. It's nowhere near every single thing. What about just little thoughts that pop into your head and you couldn't possibly write it down or remember it because it's a tough one to put into words. And anyway, it's not all that important. What we're talking about here really is your unrecorded history. That's most of your history. Most of the things that have happened in your life have gone unrecorded. 
even by your own brain. Unless you have a much higher than average recall, you have forgotten the vast majority of your life. Even this morning, can you tell me which pair of socks you put on without checking? You may think it's not important and maybe you're right, but my point is, this is a thing that happened. You putting your socks on this morning is a historical event, just as much as the Battle of Agincourt was a historical event. The only difference is, actually, there are several differences between those two things, too numerous and too obvious to mention here, but the difference that I'm referring to here is that one is a matter of historical record. It's written in books and stuff. And the other is simply unrecorded history, which is what most history is. No one will ever write a book about you putting on your socks this morning, even though to many that will be more interesting than a book about the Battle of Agincourt. <laughs> I apologise to all the history buffs listening. I am actually making a valid point. I am sure that most people, even the history enthusiasts amongst us, would agree that we can all get through the rest of our lives perfectly happily without knowing the ins and outs of the Battle of Agincourt. You can get through the rest of your life quite happily not knowing what the Battle of Agincourt was about, when it was, who was involved. You can get through your life perfectly happily under the misapprehension that the Battle of Agincourt was a deleted scene from Lord of the Rings. I'm not saying it's not an important historical event of some kind. I'm just saying not everyone needs to know about it. But... Everyone wears socks, don't they? Or am I just imagining that? Am I being culturally insensitive? I apologise if that's the case and I would be really interested to hear from anyone out there who doesn't wear socks. Please do get in touch and tell me all about it. I really am interested. Tell me about your reasons for not wearing socks. Maybe you live in a hot climate and sandals are the norm. Or maybe you have some kind of sock phobia tell me about that too I'm ready and willing to learn more about these things and I don't want to be the sort of person who says things like everyone wears socks don't they because that's just another way of saying I'm the center of the universe aren't I everyone I'm just saying you could in theory write an entire book about someone putting on a pair of socks you wouldn't have too many surprises in it no major twists or turns You'd need to be a master storyteller to make that thing interesting, but in theory, it could be done. And then, if the book happened to be about you on this particular day, your experience of putting on your socks would then be a matter of historical record. But for how long? That depends on the circumstances, doesn't it? History books will only last as long as the human race lasts. That idea that I had about the dolphin with the Universal Translator was just an idea and it probably isn't something that's going to actually happen and if it does happen who's to say dolphins are going to be in any way interested in human history they have their own universal translator it may be the case that wombat history might be more to their liking listen i started off making a point didn't i 
When you see strangers in the street, they don't remember you afterwards and you don't remember them. And because no one remembers it, it's almost like it didn't happen. Almost, right? But remember what I said about that. It was 10 minutes ago, you might not remember it now. I'll repeat it myself. In that moment, it feels good. You pass someone you've never met before and you look at each other and you smile and it feels good and you have made that very brief connection with another human being. And the weird thing is, that's the extent of your relationship with that person. Your relationship with that person has been 100% positive. How many people could you really say that about? I'm pretty sure, unless you literally just stepped out of a greetings card, I'm pretty sure you couldn't say that about a member of your own family or any of your friends. 100% positive, come on, no one is 100% positive. If you'd stopped to spend 10 whole seconds in the company of the person who smiled at you in the street, there is only one direction that percentage score can go. I haven't had that many one night stands in my time, you know what I mean? That's just the way it is. The handful of one night stands that I've actually lived through I can't remember most of it, but I do remember a high degree of awkwardness, embarrassment, unexpected amusement. Could anyone out there genuinely say they've had an actual one night stand that if a version of TripAdvisor existed for that sort of thing, they'd rank it 10 out of 10? If so, please do get in touch. That sounded slightly creepy. What I meant to say was... I'm interested in hearing about other people's experiences that challenge my own assumptions. Only joking, I just want to hear about your sex life. Only joking again, I don't, I really don't. Don't tell me about it. Right, I've rambled on for quite a while now, listeners, and I still haven't got to the point that I wanted to make. We have a wonderful guest waiting in the virtual wings. We cannot keep them waiting, but this is not over I will continue talking to you on this very same subject next week. Let's have a tune. talking last week weren't we about unrecorded history and how the vast majority of your experiences on earth are going to slip through the cracks like the vast majority of everybody else's even famous historical figures we only know the basics about them right even samuel peeps whose diaries are still in print and could easily fill a whole shelf he was the 17th century equivalent of one of those people who snapchat their 11s. Imagine if Samuel Pepys was alive today. He'd be tweeting every 15 seconds. But even then, those 140 characters wouldn't capture everything about the environment he was in at the time of writing. There would probably be much more interesting things happening a few feet away from him. 
a pigeon feasting on an abandoned subway wrapper, or a baby butterfly saying its first word. A baby butterfly, that's a caterpillar I suppose, isn't it? And they don't talk. I'm not having a pop at Samuel Pepys here. He'd be a weird person to have a pop at, right? Hey Frank, I really enjoyed hearing you sticking it to Samuel Pepys last week. You've really got your finger on the proverbial pulse right now. Yeah. I'm not having a pop at Samuel Pepys. I just like saying his name. So I'm taking this opportunity to say it as often as possible while the opportunity is there. Samuel Pepys. Anyone who has a verb as their surname, that's a good name, whatever it is, you know. Lots of musicians in a similar situation. Britney, Spears, Ben, Folds, Buster, Rhymes. Nouns as a surname, that's a good one too. Alicia Keys. I refer to the keys to my van as my Alicia's and it feels good to do it. It's not exactly rhyming slang, it's association slang. I'm not trying to popularise the expression, by the way. That's just my little private name for them when I can't find my keys. I'm like, oh, where's my Alicia's? I feel slightly reluctant to tell you about that, to be honest. It's kind of a personal thing. Let's move on. Unrecorded history. That's what we were talking about. And the point I was making about Samuel Pepys. You see, you can imagine it, can't you? Some guy called Samuel, spying on his neighbours through his neck curtains. The point I was making about Samuel Pepys was even that guy with his shelf full of diaries, the only stuff we know about him was the details he decided to write down. That's all. We don't know anything else. What colour were his eyes? You can't trust his portrait painter. They were the Instagram filters of their day. Hey mate, can you give me green eyes just for the hell of it? I quite fancy having green eyes. Stick some cat whiskers on me for a laugh as well. I'm not going to read every single one of his diaries to check, but I bet you he never got round to mentioning the colour of his own eyes. Why would he anyway? It's his diary. Why would you do that? March the 17th, 1665. My eyes are a beigey sort of colour. You wouldn't do that, would you? Uh, perhaps you could say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what colour Samuel Pepys' eyes were. It doesn't make a difference to anything. I suppose this begs the question, why not? Why is that not important? I suppose you history buffs are going to say, yeah, well, he wrote a first-hand account of the Great Fire of London. And I say to that, yeah, but what colour were his eyes? We'd have known about the Great Fire of London anyway. Other people were there as well. It's not like Samuel Pepys' diary. If that got destroyed somehow by some kind of fire, if some kind of fire had destroyed Samuel Pepys' diary, we would still know about the Great Fire of London. And even if that was the only record of the Great Fire of London and it got destroyed and therefore no one knows about it, who cares, right? They've put the fire out, presumably. I've been to London, and when I went there, one of the first things that struck me about it was, it wasn't on fire. Presumably, someone put the fire out at some point. I realise this is going to annoy the history buffs, and I have no wish to annoy the history buffs. Imagine if that was my intention. 
I'd have idiots high-fiving me in the street going, hey, Frag, I really loved it when you stuck it to the history buffs last week. You're really pushing the proverbial envelope. Envelope? 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 Hey, Frag, I really loved it when you made that sly observation about the pronunciation of the word envelope. That was a proper jab in the ribs to all those people who were saying the word envelope incorrectly. That's what society needs right now. If I'm going to do that, I suppose I might as well start criticising folks for mispronouncing the word pronunciate. How do you pronunciate that? (laughs) You see, the thing is, according to whoever it is who decides these things, people who mispronunciate the word pronunciate are saying it wrong. But really, who cares about that? If someone says a particular word slightly wrong, Not even wrong as such, just not the way whoever it is who decides these things have decided you're supposed to say it. It still makes sense, right? It's not gibberish. It's not as though the person who's saying the word slightly wrong has behaved immorally in some way. Again, that's not the point I was making. I'm just saying, maybe we're remembering the wrong things. Like I was saying last week, you know, those occasions where you pass a total stranger on the street and you look at each other and you smile as though you have some kind of connection. Actually, there's more to it than that. You do have a connection. That moment where the two of you smile at each other, that's an actual thing. That's a thing that happened. And it's a thing that will be forgotten by both parties in a matter of moments. But during that moment, during that moment where it's happening, that's a brief burst of positivity a good thing has happened and you're not going to remember it on the other hand let's imagine the person you passed in the street didn't smile at you let's imagine they looked at you as though you were the worst kind of scum you remember that right that ruined the rest of your day the fact that a total stranger looks at you as though you are somehow beneath contempt funny how it works isn't it We forget the positives and remember the negatives. You see what I mean when I say we remember the wrong things? I raised this subject last week and I've spent the last seven days thinking about it, thinking about ways in which I could possibly make a conscious effort to remember the good things that happened to me instead of consigning them to the swirling void that is unrecorded, unremembered history. I found myself deliberately wandering the streets waiting to have that kind of positive experience. And then a really cool thing happened. It was getting dark, a little bit too cloudy for a sunset. And I walked past a street light just as it was turning itself on. A couple of flickers to kickstart itself and then boom, on it went. I wondered how often that happened to this particular light. How often did a person passing by notice it turning itself on like that? Presumably most days this was an event that went unwitnessed. All we know is the light turned itself on at some point and then turned itself off again when the sun came up. I noticed further along the street some of the lights hadn't turned themselves on yet. So I hung around watching, waiting for that moment to happen again. Another flick, flick, boom. Then third and fourth in quick succession. 
yes, I was going to remember this. And I was going to forget that voice in my head telling me I was wasting my time and there were much more meaningful and productive things I could be doing with my time than waiting for streetlights to turn themselves on. Because maybe I'd been remembering the wrong things. I wondered if there was a way I could access my past experiences and locate all the times in my life on which I happened to notice a streetlight turning itself on. I knew that I witnessed that thing happening plenty of times, but because there was something within me telling me those experiences weren't important, I'd forgotten the details now. Well, no longer, I decided. I'm going to record and remember these things for posterity. Which is why, dear listener, I would like to talk to you about the colour of my eyes. They're not green, but there are green bits in them. They're brown, but sometimes they're a lighter brown, depending on what kind of light you're looking at them with. Does that mean that my eyes actually change colour throughout the day? Maybe I've got that condition the Benedict's got, where your eyes change colour. They do seem to do that subtly, I think. Sometimes you can see the Sometimes Envelope, 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 envelope. Flick, flick, boom. That's what society needs right now. Envelope, 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 envelope. Who cares about that? Flick, flick, boom. Maybe, flick, flick, boom. We're remembering the wrong things. Unrecorded, unremembered history. Unrecorded, unremembered history. Un, 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 unrecorded envelope. Un, 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 unrecorded envelope. Envelope. Flick, flick, boom. Hey Frank, I really enjoyed hearing you sticking it to Samuel Pepys last week. You've really got your finger on the proverbial pulse right now. Yeah. Flick, flick, boom. Yeah. Flick, flick, boom, yeah. Un, 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 unrecorded envelope.
That's what society needs right now. That's what society needs right now. That's what society needs right now. Flick, flick, boom. Yeah. Thank you for listening. That was good, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. Check out my website, frankburson.co.uk, which has all the details of my books, A History of Sarcasm, 100, Everything I Am, and of course, the latest, Getting Away With It. Check them all out. Audiobook versions are on Bandcamp. Follow the links in the show notes. Check out my other podcast, I Like The Sound. That's great as well. And also, if you must, connect with us on social media at Ragbag Presents on Twitter and Instagram if you want. I will see you very soon.